Aaron Holland, good to see you. How are you doing? And most important question, are your friends and family all safe and healthy out there in Oz? Yeah, everyone is good in Australia. Thank you so much for asking. We're so incredibly lucky here in Australia. We've managed to get out of COVID pretty well. So great to be back at work. Great to be traveling around Australia again. And luckily, all my friends and family are, are in good health. So I'm very, very thankful for that. It's been an exciting series thus far in uh, the Indie Tour of Australia. The ODIs and T20s both being tough ones. You've been on-ground presenter for a lot of those exciting ones. Just games in this series thus far that you've really, really enjoyed. Oh, goodness. I think every game has had something really special about it, which has been fantastic. Uh, you know, you have to say that some of those T20s at the very end were so exciting. Like Hardik Pandya going nuts and hitting those winning runs at the end was pretty special. And yeah, just, just really seeing India fight back, I think, after, you know, a pretty comprehensive win by Australia in the first two ODIs was really exciting to watch. And yeah, some of them, those big hits at the very end of the SCG were quite something to behold. So I think every game had its merit and had you know really interesting things as a part of it and I think different people stood up in each of the games as well which made for a really exciting couple of series and now a really interesting test match series which I actually have on in the background over here so forgive me if I am kind of looking over my shoulder while I'm talking to you but I've been out all day today so I haven't had a chance to watch too much but looks like it's game on at the moment as it gets a little bit uh, darker and that pink ball starts swinging around. Yep. Any interviews or interactions you've enjoyed thus far in the series uh, that you've done for the broadcast that is really memorable that comes back to you so i had a great interview with glenn maxwell just after he had that crazy knock of the first of his many crazy knocks really where he did the switch hit that went for 100 meters and kind of set the cricketing world alight it's always great to talk to maxi he's um such an innovative player and then uh Shikadawan as well is always a really great chat uh, i met him many many years ago through ben when he was playing for sunrises hyderabad so even just getting to see some of the indian boys again who i've managed to meet over my time of either working for the ipl or, or visiting the IPL as a, a wag, I suppose, with Ben. It, it's been really great to, to reconnect and see everyone. So, yeah, a lot of the interviews, unfortunately, um, have been done in Hindi, and I haven't learned Hindi yet, but I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe um, adding a few more words to my repertoire, maybe getting the chance to, to chat to more of the players. But, yeah, everyone's been really, really generous with their time. So it's, it's been great. Great to chat to everyone. Like you said, you're really excited about uh, the first ping ball test at Adelaide then there's the big boxing day one at the MCG and the crowds are getting bigger Erin I mean they're letting in more people so your thoughts on having bigger crowds in the atmosphere in Australian stadiums this summer because you also haven't had a competitive sport with spectators coming in uh, you know till this point yeah absolutely I think as you know there's nothing quite like live sport and live sport spectators there's something about a crowd that really brings the game alive and gets behind the team and I genuinely think that the crowd played a huge part in India's turnaround even in the first two white ball series because let's face it a lot of our crowd were Indian supporters even here in Australia and hearing the roar and the way that it lifted the players was incredibly important I think Virat Kohli was saying just the other day like getting to play in front of crowds again is such a joy after having no one at the IPL which was you know it's really difficult I think to get the energy and, and to find that extra little something when the game's on the line when you don't have the fans screaming so as Australia comes even more so out of COVID we're getting more and more crowds. The SCG can be capacity now. So you're looking at 40,000 people for the January test. The MCG can now have 30,000 for the Boxing Day test. And that, that's just going to mean everything to the players. Everyone's just so excited that not only is sport back, 
but you know the atmosphere that only a crowd can bring is also back we're sick of that crowd noise the you know press play and yeah. hear the crowd cheering it's not the same it's it not isn't. the same so yeah we're very very thrilled that we've got sport back and i know I know the Indian boys are really thrilled to actually have some people to play for, finally. You mentioned Maxi, Glenn Maxwell. You mentioned uh, Hardik Pandya. Any other Aussie players, a couple of exciting players from the Aussie or the Indian squad that you'd like to mention, you know, who you were really impressed by in terms of talent and, you know, how they showed themselves on the pitch? Oh, you can't go past Natarajan. Like, he's just been an absolute revelation for India. And I think such an incredible story that you can debut at 29 years of age. You know, that never would have happened once upon a time anywhere, really. Um, in cricket so to see someone come through the ranks and not only debut but debut very well like he was sensational and, and I think he did a really really great job I thought you know Chahal bowled really well in very difficult circumstances in that T20 where he got you know somewhat controversially subbed in as a concussion replacement and you know for him to be dropped essentially from the one you know the, the one days and then to come back and perform so well for the T20s I thought was a really brave effort no one likes being dropped <laughs> you know the fact that he managed just to come back and perform so well under pressure was incredible and then I thought Judasia was fantastic it was a shame to see him get injured in the end and not be able to sort of build on that momentum but you know that big hitting from him and Hardik Pandya that really sealed the deal in that particular game was sensational to watch so that was great of course a lot of chat around uh, Cameron Green for Australia making his debut he's 21 years of age he's a real prospect to be a permanent fixture in the Australian side and everyone's very much looking forward to seeing what he can do in the test match today so yeah there's a lot of amazing new talent coming through not necessarily you know 21 years of age making an impact maybe 29 years of age and making an impact like Natarajan and I just think it's important in cricket to make sure that we're picking players on merit not just because of their age and whether that be picking them or excluding them for their age so I just think it's great that yeah he made his debut and he did so fantastically well well now let's come to style and fashion I mean your own style and fashion is just so cool amazing are there any Aussie players <laughs> who have a great style of fashion quotient off the pitch you know that you look at them and say wow that's quite amazing well I mean whether or not I agree with the fashion but people who like, certainly like to make a statement uh, Marcus Stoinis known for his fashion sense he can be a little bit out there but he pulls it off because he's uh, you know they call him the Adonis they think he's a good looking man so he can kind of pull off anything he wears but, but just recently if you've been watching the Big Bash League Peter Siddle has a uh, debuted a very interesting pair of sunglasses that is now doing the rounds and they're sort of saying that he kind of looks like Eminem the rapper with his bleach blonde hair so that's definitely worth a look if you haven't seen those sunglasses yet there they're quite something to behold but uh, you know when it comes to fashion I like guys that put in an effort my own partner Ben Cutting I can't get him out of his gym gear all he wears is ASICS 24-7 and a cap it drives me crazy we can't even go out to dinner of a night time without him wearing a hat so I'm all for men making an effort I wish my husband would do more <laughs> <laughs> that's an honest confession the Indian boys I mean uh, any Indian players with style and fashion you've been impressed by I think you know Hardik Pandya is uh, pretty slick with his outfits Virat Kohli always looks very sharp Alex Shikadawan as well he's always got the style he's got the bling bling and the ears they're just sort of yeah they ooze confidence I think and uh, you know we, we look to our superstars for fashion so they're very much trendsetters these days wouldn't surprise me if we start seeing a few more Hardik Pandya you know neck tap walking <laughs> around after the way he's coming at the moment but but I love um, I think it's important particularly when you're a public figure and you certainly are when you're an international cricket star that um, you know you always put your best foot forward and that can be in whatever taste that you like but no it, it's really great seeing the guys
guys embrace their personal style and as someone who quite likes fashion herself, yeah, I find it really fascinating <laughs> to see what people are rocking. Erin, you were also an on-ground anchor at the IPL in 2018. That must have been uh, an incredible, remarkable experience. Talk about the stadiums, the atmosphere and all that you encountered. Yeah, it certainly was. And it was actually my very first gig ever as a sports presenter. Oh, wow. So can you imagine? Thrown into the cauldron of fire, that is IPL in front of hundreds of millions of people. But I very much enjoyed my time at Star. I think the IPL is such an incredible competition. I was lucky enough to visit as a spectator for the last, I think it was about three years before then, as I was visiting Ben when he was playing for his various franchises. And I was so enchanted with the passion of the fans, the quality of the tournament. Like it really is larger than life. And and for me, it's probably my favourite tournament to go to as a spectator because there really is nothing like the crowds of the IPL. And as we were talking about earlier, crowds really do make all, all the difference and give you the spine tingling moments and the cheers. And yeah, the, the IPL was an amazing experience and really helped me fall in love with sports broadcast and, and helped me really sort of pursue a career in it. And now I've, I've got the chance to work for the BBL and all sorts of other cricket in Australia for Channel 7, which is fantastic. I, you know, really, really love my cricket. I've grown up watching it thanks to my dad and now actually getting to work and have a front row seat sitting on the boundary is just, just the best thing ever. I often pitch myself and go, I can't believe this is my job. It's just amazing. Amazing. And I broadcast out of Mumbai City, so we're all Mumbai Indian supporters here. The Mumbai ah. Indian interactions with the team and all the glamour you saw behind the scenes, like what they call it in, in the media, BTS, Mumbai Indians. Yes. You must have enjoyed that. The Mumbai Indians certainly are a very slick outfit. They do things to the T very well. The Ambani's are incredible at that. I know Ben absolutely loved his time with the Mumbai Indians. They're, they're just a really well-oiled machine. Even down to, you know, making emojis of all of the players and you'd be walking around the city and you'd see like an emoji Ben or an emoji Rohit or, an, you know, just, I love how the city just really embraces cricket. Like if there's one criticism I can say of Australia is where we're a little bit too cool for school sometimes to really passionately embrace and love things. And I just think the Indian fans are amazing for that. They're just so passionate. They're so behind their team. The whole city comes alive when the cricket's on. And yeah, my time at Mumbai was amazing and they really made me feel a part of the family. So I've still got my, my Mumbai shirt with Erin on the back. So it's a very treasured possession. Wow. The advantages of having a partner, Erin, as a professional cricketer and the disadvantages of having a partner as a professional cricketer. There are both sides, aren't there? I'm talking about Ben Cutting. <laughs> yeah, there certainly are. I mean, I love the game and I'm happy to watch cricket 24-7 and he's just like, turn it off. I've just done a whole day of it. I don't, you know, I just want to get away from it. I don't care. And I'm like, but what do you think about this? And do you think they should have done that? And I don't know why they picked that. And he's just like, oh, I just need to just not talk about it for a second. But I think my appreciation and my understanding for the game changed exponentially when I did meet Ben. And I now appreciate now more than ever just how much work goes into what these players do and the sorts of pressures that are upon players. Yes, they're very privileged to play the sport they love for a job but but it's not easy and you can't imagine having a bad day at work in front of millions and millions of people that all expect you to do well and, and what that does to a player when they don't do well or when they're out of form and you know they all love their job and they're very passionate about their job and I, it's really difficult to know what to say when they have, have a bad game sometimes yeah I think it's just really opened my eyes to the sorts of pressure that players are under particularly in this day and age and just how much work goes into being a 24 7 cricketer because now with franchise t20 cricket there really is no off season and they're playing all year round so it really hats off to them because it's not an easy job at all and the flip side apart from going out for dinner and gym gear <laughs> 
Yeah. What would be the other side? <laughs> like I said, the advantages well, and the disadvantages. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I mean, the travel's amazing. I've seen some wonderful parts of the world that I never ever thought that I would see if it wasn't for cricket, whether it be the Caribbean, England, Dubai. I've gone to all parts of India, which is amazing. You know, I've gone to Nepal, I've gone to Pakistan, I've gone to Bangladesh, I've gone to all of these incredible places. And if it weren't for cricket, I probably wouldn't have ever seen as much of India sure. as I have. So the travel is definitely um, an amazing part. And not only getting to go to the games, but getting to, you know, rub shoulders with the people who own the teams or, you know, it's, and meet these incredible players who I know many people would dream of meeting one day. So it really is a pinch me moment when, you know, to say, for example, in IPL 2018, I'm sitting in the green room and you know you're sitting next to the likes of Brett Lee and having a sing-along with the guitar or Graham Smith or Matthew Hayden or Gaviscar or like you know all of these huge names of the game Viv Richards I can now call like a mate because I've met him a number of times through work and he calls me Miss Cairns because I was in Miss Australia years ago and then he found out that I was from Cairns which is a city he loves in Australia so that's a real, real pinch me moment and something that I love uh, bragging to my dad about because he's a massive massive cricket fan so that's pretty special getting to do that sure does ben help you with your rules or your research if you're stuck <laughs> he actually does not so much these days now i'm a little more versed in, in what my job is and, and i've taken that next step to understanding the game more so than what i did but it, very early on because there's nothing worse than asking a redundant question, a boring question that anyone could ask a player. That I want to ask something that people at home are actually going to find interesting. So even if I am what you know, I'm sitting at a game doing a game. I'm like, "Baby, you're watching," and he goes, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, what if I ask this? Is that a good question?" And he'll go, "Yeah, great question." Or, "No, I wouldn't ask that." Or he's great to bounce ideas off as well, just to make sure I'm getting the most out of my interviews, but also having his perspective as a current player as to treading the line and making sure I'm asking things in you know in the right way to get the sort of response that I want so yeah he's been great for that and I even said very early on okay give me a list of 10 questions that I can ask that would be good questions to ask if I have a mind blank when I'm live on air and I don't know what to say <laughs> so it's been very very helpful with that you've also covered women's cricket as a broadcaster and th- those are amazing experiences aren't they because women's cricket has just gone through the roof and, and it just don't mean countries paying each other but also the women's big bash so your experiences on covering ladies cricket yeah we Women's cricket certainly is growing and I think Australia is very much at the forefront of that, which is really exciting. You know, the WBBL, which I recently covered as well, was a fantastic tournament, really high class cricket happening there as well. There was, you know, just some absolutely spectacular displays of of athleticism. And and as women are now able to become full-time professional athletes, that quality is just rising and rising and rising. And earlier this year, before the T20 World Cup, I hosted a a tri-series between Australia, England, in India and that was hotly contested like they were all on a very even playing field and I think you know Australia just managed to get you know have a good day against India which did seal them the deal in the grand final but to see the quality and to see how even the top teams are becoming is, is really exciting and a testament I think to these domestic competitions these strong domestic leagues that are now you know not only increasing the pool of players that we have access to and encouraging girls to take on cricket as a real career path for the first time but for that quality 
quality of cricket has improved so much that people are now going, oh, wait, this is really entertaining. This is really good. And I love seeing that shock in people's face. They go, oh, oh, wow, no, that's actually really good. And yeah, yeah, of course it is. They're, you know, they're fantastic athletes. So it's been very exciting to be a part of that. Uh, the girls are all really generous with their time as well as they know how important it is to get behind the game and to help grow it. So that's been really pleasing to be a part of. And I've really enjoyed my time doing the women's game for sure. So for all of you who are watching and listening, the Big Bash is uh, covered on the Sony Sports Network. And for those of you who are watching the first ping ball test at Adelaide, uh, it's an 8.30 a.m. start. The second test of the Border Gavaskar Trophy will be aired live and exclusive from the 26th of December. That's Boxing Day, 5 a.m. onwards. Sony 6 gets the English, Tamil and Telugu versions. Sony 10 one English and Sony 10 three the Hindi channels. Listen, the Big Bash itself, you're talking about how much you enjoy that. I find the level of athleticism to be absolutely unbelievable. So you talked about the women's Big Bash. Let's talk about the men's side. Men's Big Bash is back with a bang. It's very, very exciting. Uh, the way it's working this year in Australia for us as broadcasters is we're doing it from different COVID-safe hubs all over Australia. So even though it started, I haven't started my games yet. I'm doing the entirety of the Brisbane hub, which is happening from Boxing Day through to about the 10th of January. So very, very exciting. We've seen some massive games so far, which has been great. A uh, bit of Sydney Thunder, Brisbane Heat rivalry, which you might have seen, um, <laughs> which Ben was involved in a couple of days ago, which was great. And, you know, as the players that have been involved in the white ball games for Australia become available and some of our international overseas signing get themselves out of quarantine and get involved, the quality is just improving, improving in terms of players. And, yeah, very much looking forward to seeing how that pans out. We've got the new rules as well, which you've probably heard of. Uh, we've actually had an X Factor sub happen a couple of times now, which is an interesting concept. And then, of course, the bash boost point has had a real effect on some of the games. We've seen massive collapses from teams in the second innings because they've gone chasing after that bash boost point, believing that they couldn't win, but then have completely collapsed in a heap as well. And it's just become, you know, completely diabolical. And then with the power play situation too, removing two overs from the first six overs of the power play and then putting those two towards the end, we all thought it would be a slog fest come the second power play but it's actually brought about a lot of success for the bowlers I think because all of a sudden the batters kind of are not really set and they feel like they've got to go and they're playing shots which they're, they're probably not really comfortable doing and and it's brought about wickets so it's been really interesting to see how it plays out the teams are all kind of finding their feet with how they're going at the moment but uh, Melbourne Stars are looking ominous I'll have to say that I think they are looking like the team to beat so far this year I know it's been a while but you were Miss Australia in 2013 that must have been an yeah. awesome experience experience for a girl from Cairns and I agree with the, the great Viv Richards I love Cairns I mean uh, a couple of times that I've been to Australia I've just loved my time there so uh, talk to me about the memories of becoming uh, Miss Australia oh gosh yes yeah, so 2013 seven years ago now but it was an incredible experience like I, I never thought that I'd ever be in a position to be able to do something like that let alone win the competition and, and go and represent my country in Australia but it was wonderful and that it really presented the right platform for me to you know make my way into the entertainment industry and meet the sorts of people to try and have the career that I wanted which was always to be a performer and I'm not sure if you know but my background's actually in opera singing so I studied classical voice um, at the Sydney Conservatorium and, and always wanted to be on Broadway so even though that's not what I'm doing now I'm still on camera and I'm still presenting it and I'm performing in a way and getting to do it so far um, you know talking about a game that I love so it's amazing how doing a pageant can help you end up being where you want to be with your career sort of 
you know, later on in life. And yeah, an, an amazing experience, you know, really honoured to have represented my country in anything. I mean, I always wanted to be in the Olympics and I wasn't very good at sports. So <laughs> You've actually, you know, segued into my next question, which is, you know, you're a trained vocalist. I find that very fascinating. And uh, you have told us now that you where you studied, but any incredible performances, notable performances you did on stage, either at the conserva- conservatory or otherwise that you remember in your singing? Yeah, uh, and it's still something that I do whenever I get the chance as well, whether or not it's seeing the national anthem before a big sporting event in Australia, which I absolutely love doing. I often do it for the horse racing. I've done it for the cricket. I've done it for the football, which is a real honour. Um, or, you know, singing for an event. Um, so I work as a brand ambassador for a lot of clients too. So just say Ferrari, for example, at a car launch, I'd get up and get to sing a couple of jazz standards that kind of suit the theme of the night. But uh, big performances, I sung on stage for the Miss World competition in front of, you know, millions and millions of people, which is really exciting. I I sang for Carols um, by Candlelight, which is a really big deal in Australia on Channel 9 every Christmas. Um, I've done a little bit of recording artist work as well. And yeah, anyway, I can sort of incorporate it into what I do now is a real joy. And it's now just truly my passion. I don't have to worry about monetizing it and, and creating a living out of it. I can do it for the love of it, which is really exciting. So I love my singing. I'd still love to be on stage one day, but I'm very happy doing what I'm doing. At the moment. No, I mean, I mean, you're beautiful. You're successful. You could be acting on the TV or a web series or films, for example. But you've chosen sports broadcasting, you know, which I'm very curious to know. I mean, did you play? I know your dad was a big fan. You mentioned that. But did you ever play cricket as a kid or in school or things like that? I mean, the fact that you've taken to sports broadcasting or cricket broadcasting yeah so i was always a singer and a dancer and i kind of left the playing of the sport to my younger brother who was quite a keen cricketer as well but uh, for me i just love sport and what sport means and and what it brings in australia particularly like it wasn't growing up in summer unless you're playing backyard cricket so i played backyard cricket i was quite a handy batter in, in backyard cricket but um yeah I, I never played myself but i was always struck by the entertainment of sport and really to be fair like is there much difference between sport and the entertainment industry no like you're there to thrill a crowd and put on a show and, and perform whether it's with a battle ball in hand or, or whether you're singing in front of a crowd I think there's a lot of similarities between the two and, and I think that's what's been actually really good for my relationship with Ben in that even though we don't do the same thing I can understand the pressures that he goes through as an athlete the way I think he understands the pressures of me as a performer or a presenter and the fact that this industry is very fickle and you know you don't always get all the time that you want and, and you've really got to just sort of you know make hay while the sun shines as you'd say in Australia but you know really make the most of the opportunities while they're there because there's no way of knowing when the next one will be or, or if there will be a next one so we've always been very supportive of the fact that you know it doesn't matter what's happening in your life if he gets called up to that team he's got to go and if I get that gig I've got to go and, and we've got that real good understanding between each other that it's just sort of part and parcel of, of this industry and, and the pressures that you face so yeah sport for me a uh, bit of a no because it's something that I absolutely love and it's something that you'd find me sitting down and watching every day anyway regardless of whether or not I'm working on it so I was really thrilled to get the opportunity and you know I think if you can do live sport you can do anything because it is so unpredictable it's so difficult as a broadcaster things are ever-changing and you can never predict what's going to happen or who you're going to be talking to so in terms of my skill set it's really trained me up really well for you know whatever I might foray to into the future so yeah true that an Indian woman that you really admire, Erin, it could be somebody in the movies, it could be an Indian uh, female cricketer or, you know, an entrepreneur, beauty pageant winner like yourself, a woman in India that you like. 
Well, I did meet Ashwarya Rai a few years ago, and that was pretty incredible. So she came to Australia for Longines, the, the watch company that yes. she's been the face of for forever. And as someone who had done Miss World and had always seen Miss World not only as an incredible honour, but a real opportunity in, in to sort of forge a career in the future, and she's absolutely done that in spades. And, and I just thought she was so beautiful and gentle and kind with her words and, and very giving of her time. And I, I really just had that. She had that aura around her of like, wow, like you're a really special person. And the only other person I've ever met who has that aura in the flesh was Roger Federer. <laughs> You had that sort of that aura around him where you went, oh, wow, you're really special. So I very much look up to her. I think she's an incredible inspiration of, you know, what coming from a similar sort of beginning, I suppose that, that I have what you can achieve, which is really incredible. And yeah, I think spending some time in India and really getting to know the, you know, the Bollywood scene and appreciate just how big your superstars are. We can't compete in Australia. We're such a small country. Like it's when you go over there and you realise how incredibly talented and popular and just incredible the careers that, that people have over there. I love it. I would love to work in Bollywood one day. I'm just putting that out now. I think it, it just enamors me because, and again, it's all, it's singing and it's dancing and it's fashion and it's glam and it's, and they're so talented and they're all the things that I love most. So. <laughs> Lovely. Your favourite sports broadcaster or anchor would be who and why? Oh, I didn't realise as much at the time because I just started, but working alongside my auntie Langa, she is such a superstar and She's she is point. so good at her job. She is so good at her job and I didn't realise at the time because I was so green and I didn't really understand what it took in order to do her job and now foraying into actually hosting myself back here in Australia and in some of the other tournaments I've done around the world I now realise how incredibly good she is at her job. And also working with Harsha Bogle as well across this Sony Sports series. He's just such a superstar and, and they're so smooth and, and everything on camera looks so easy and natural but I now know and I now experience what absolute chaos is going on in your ears so not only are you interviewing someone but you've got the director in your ear and you've got the producer telling you to move on to the next segment and you're trying to listen to the person that you're interviewing to come up with the next questions so being able to multitask and to make it all seem as natural as possible so the viewer has no idea what's going on is just such a skill and I think that's actually what draws me to sports broadcasting the most is how incredibly talented and you know good at multitasking these individuals are because it is it's so so difficult to do and I'm the kind of person that really loves a challenge so i think yeah i think my auntie and harsha have been some of my favorites and then you know back here in australia as well i love this to isha gua she's on, on the test coverage at the moment i can hear her in the background i just think she's, she's sensational what she does so yeah plenty of idols that i look up to and i just love absorbing as much of it as i can and then the next time it's my opportunity sort of trying to take a little bit of that into my own performance i mean it's such a coincidence that both my auntie and you are uh, your partners are both cricketers <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> it's, it's actually the worst when you're covering a game that they're playing yeah and because i'm a bad watcher like look at me now i'm actually grabbing my hair just like thinking about it because i get so nervous while i'm watching and you're just sitting there and you're listening to the commentators you have to call the game as they see it and if they're not having a great game you just go oh my gosh but it is a whole different ball game but i have so much respect for for that woman i just think she's amazing at her job and and i, I realize it more now that i've actually been working in it for a couple of years since that first IPO, just how good she is. What's on your phone? What do you listen to? I mean, I have to tell you that I grew up listening to all these fantastic Australian artists, you know, In Excess and Kylie Minogue and The Little River Band and Jimmy Barnes and John Farnham. And I have so I much regard for... Yeah, yeah, for great Australian music. 
So what, what are you listening to and uh, what's on your phone? <laughs> I have a really eclectic taste in music and I think that comes down to loving musical theatre but studying classical singing but being brought up on those same sort of bands that you were thanks to my dad through my, my, you know, my playlist. It's very, very all over the shop but I'm actually really into the killers at the moment and, and live performances and I think because of COVID and because we just haven't been able to go to concerts and be around people and again I'm talking about the atmosphere of a crowd again but I just love the electrifying nature of a crowd and a concert so I was finding myself going really deep on YouTube and watching like live at Glastonbury with tens of thousands of people in together and it's the killers belting out Mr Brightside or you know just watching through all of that again it's, it's just amazing but I've got a real mix of stuff. I've got brand new stuff that's just come out. Everything from Rita Ora or Dua Lipa to, yeah, The Killers or Led Zeppelins and things like that. So it's a real mixed bag. I think if anyone looks through my playlist, they'd be like, what? <laughs> Was she crazy? No, I, I love that new new killer song called Caution. I just think it's that, Okay, you have to look Ooh. at the live version of that because that song, I'll, I'll have to send it to you after this because it is just amazing. And it's him and like a piano and his drummer, but he's like, playing the guitar and this doing just in the studio and it's just magic i think brandon flowers voice is just amazing so yeah, you're right great song so what do you lounge around in when you're not working what's your fashion when you're just chilled watching some oh. aussie rules football or watching some cricket on the tv <laughs> well i've dressed up for you today it's very important oh, interview, but normally i would be in my active wear i really enjoy the gym i keep quite active and i find that particularly this year with covid and, and the way things are um, exercise really helps my mental health so i'm usually in my active wear and if not i'm definitely in a pair of trackies and a jumper watching the cricket which i will be doing as soon as we're done this interview <laughs> your style and fashion tip for the ladies you know this australian summer which is actually indian winter what's your tip yeah. <laughs> i think fashion trends are always really fun and really fun to try and embrace but i think always dressing for what makes you feel most comfortable and what makes you feel good about yourself is always going to be the best option because there really is nothing like confidence. And if you go trying to wear every new fashion trend that comes out and you feel like it doesn't really suit you or it's not really your style, like don't wear it. Just just wear what feels good to you and what you enjoy wearing because confidence and, you know, a big, bright, beautiful smile is always going to look better than any expensive you know, new thing that came off the catwalk. But for me in summer, this summer, I think comfortable dresses. It's going to be really hot one in Australia. You can't really see it at the moment, but I'm wearing a nice linen sort of white number. Something comfortable, but still flattering. And yeah, just I think comfort. Comfort is key. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I, I've, you know, I've modelled my whole life. I've been uncomfortable for 30 Not years. Too <laughs> I'm too old for that now. Oh my gosh, give me Give me my tracky dacks any day, but yeah, I think really, um, you know, confidence and beauty definitely comes from within. So, you know, dress just to what's you and to what you want to wear. And if you're comfortable and happy, you're going to look amazing. My last question is your favorite Indian city and what do you most love about India, Erin? Oh, that's really hard. That's really hard. Uh, okay, so I have a lot of great memories in Mumbai, and that's because I spent the most time there. I think, you know, as Ben as well, he really enjoyed his time with the Mumbai Indians, so uh, it's got a very special place in my heart. I lived there for five weeks across the IPL, so that feels like, like home to me, and I've got friends there as well. So uh, there's an amazing chef called Sarah Todd from Australia who actually has yeah, uh, the wine rack in the Palladium, the shopping mall, which is great, and then Hazel Key 
Beach as well. Of course, Yubi Singh's wife, she lives in Mumbai a lot of the time. So I feel like I've got a little home base there of friends. But I've got really fond memories of, you know, visiting Kolkata when Ben was playing a game at Eden Gardens. You know, the atmosphere of that was incredible. I thought that, you know, Goa is beautiful. I absolutely love going and there. And Sarah, Sarah has a restaurant there now. She <laughs> Antares. does, Antares, which is back after getting burnt down the poor thing. So that's great news as well. And then I think for me... One of my most treasured memories is visiting the Taj Mahal in Agra. So, you know, that just was a bucket list must for me. And then uh, Jaipur as well, when I went to see the Pink City and rode an elephant around, uh, was, was pretty special. And I think every part of India has something different to offer. And that's my favorite thing about it is I can be in a completely different city and almost feel like I'm in a different country because the food, the culture, the clothing, the architecture, everything is so different. You know, the language as well is different, you know. It's so I think that's the real magic of, of India. And, and I've really missed not coming this year. It's been the first time in six years that I haven't been wow. to India. And it, yeah, it breaks my heart a little bit, to be honest. So I really hope that I can get back there next year. And, you know, working with Sony India has been an incredible experience. And I keep saying to the guys, because I've spent so much time over Zoom with them <laughs> or looking at them through the camera, I can't wait to come and actually meet them all in person. So yeah, I'm really praying that, you know, the world sorts itself out with coronavirus and we get back to some sort of normality where travel's on the cards again because I have really missed not being able to, to come this year. Erin Holland, you're utterly charming. And, you know, I have to say this, I've enjoyed this interview as much as I enjoy your broadcasting. You're absolutely fabulous and look forward to seeing you in India very soon. Have a safe well, and healthy Christmas. So Merry Christmas in advance. Oh, shukriya. Thank you so much. Have a lovely, lovely day. Bye. Bye.